Welcome to the Propaganda Report. This is Monica Perez here with our favorite activist of any kind and a very important activist right now, our election integrity activist from Atlanta, Garland Favorito, with a lot of news today. Hey, Garland, how's it going? A lot of news. I am really tired, Monica. If I fall asleep on this show, just kick me and wake me up. No way. you got too much love, too much energy coming from this crowd. So let's. Um, so I know you probably already had been talking about this for hours today. I know you have your Saturday meeting. Tell, Give us an update. Tell us uh, what it's in one sentence, what, where, what you were asking for, why you were in court, and then what the latest development is in one sentence okay that's well, good. one sentence what you're asking for because we cover it every time but we might as well say what it is that you went to court to get done and now after all these months what the current status is how about that you're just a little recap right. you're absolutely right we need to recap yes so uh because of the controversy around fulton county uh and the processing of the mail-in ballots we went to court to inspect the mail-in ballots, and we asked for four things. The uh, visual inspection, the forensic inspection, the uh, Dominion ballot images, and the standard election report that, uh, that uh, Fulton County uses for the Dominion uh, machines. And those um, are the four things that are uh, we think that we're going to get um, in the coming month. It's probably going to take us a, you know, about a month to get everything set up um, and we hopefully will get to visually inspect these ballots, um, put them on, uh, get the images on hard drives for you know experts to look at, and, uh, and we'll get the Dominion ballot image so that we can compare. How the, many, uh, maybe you just said this, and I was looking at my little dials here to make sure everything's fine, so I might have missed this, but how many ballots are you talking about? There's 147,000, we believe, in Fulton County mail-in ballots, and these are out of the 550,000 or so that were cast. And the disputed elections, the ones that were close, Ossoff um, and Purdue and Trump and Biden, they are well within the margin of 147,000 ballots. There's more like a tenth of that. uh, Yes, I think that was the tenth, a little bit less than 12,000 um, for the president race and about 17, I think, for the Senate race. And so they were so close that they would be well within the range of almost any county's mail-in ballots uh, or, or other, even other types. Okay, keep going. Okay, so we went to court. And on Monday, uh, we got a conditional approval to, uh, to inspect the ballots. Um, it's amazing. Which, yeah. Uh, uh, well, I, I, I think I told you we were going to get this online, didn't I? <laughs> you did, but, you know, there was some hardcore can kicking. So as yeah, long as you yeah. didn't get your can kicked, that's all we care about. <laughs> My can will be kicked before it's over. <laughs> that's true. Uh, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, uh, so, yeah, so the judge put some conditions on us. We don't have them yet. We don't have them yet. We still have to go. We have to show them a few things. I put some pretty fair conditions on. One is he wants to see a plan, uh, and that's not a problem. We've been working on that plan for two months. Um, we're ready to blow him away with that. Uh, we think that, and then, you know, figuratively speaking, I think the judge will really like our plan. Um, and then we're going to, um, uh, he asked for, uh, he doesn't want to try this case in the news media. So he asked uh, everybody who's going to handle the ballots and wants to uh, have a non-disclosure on that. 
And he wants to know the background of who's going to handle the ballots, uh, the background of, you know, and we're going to supply the uh, election experience of these volunteers that we're using. And they're all uh, poll managers, poll watchers, uh, audit monitors, recount monitors. Um, so the vast majority of our uh, volunteers will be have had previous experience with the Fulton County um, uh, ele audit, election audits. So they'll be as a volunteer, of course. <clears throat> so it won't be people that we just dragged off the street and said, hey, buddy, what are you doing today? <laughs> All right, can you want to spend the day over in the warehouse, you know, and not get paid and do nothing? <laughs> <laughs> I did that once. I was not very effective. <laughs> <laughs> So we're going to do three things that I think they'll impress the judge. We're going to, we're going to do these uh, with the Fulton County, um, uh, under Fulton County custody, they're going to maintain custody of the ballots. We don't have to get the ballots uh, and, uh, uh, and then, you know, be questioned, you know, what, we, what did we do with them when we had custody and did we destroy them, blah, 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 blah. We'll do this with, uh, within Fulton County's uh, jurisdiction, well, at least at their custody, anyway, it's actually the court's custody. Um, and then uh, we are going to model the process after Fulton County's audit. Uh, it'll be a very similar very process with a check-in, check-out, um, so on and so on. Uh, and then we're going to use a chain of custody firm uh, to, to do the, uh, maintain the custody between all three folks. And, that, and that's a, a firm that Fulton County has used before. So there'll be a trusted source with uh, both parties. Um, so that's sort of the plan that we are, are, are kind of up against the special. The judge had requested a special master, which means that the judge will, um, uh, you know, that the special master will be um, kind of overseeing this operation and then making sure that it complies to the court's order. And that's typically going to be a, a, a former judge in this case that they've decided to use. So, um, you know, we proposed three, the Fulton County proposed three, and the, and the judge decided to pick his own. So, um, but Oh, wait, what? Say that okay. There were six. So say that again. Yeah. So the, uh, excuse me, the court uh, wanted to have a special master who would oversee the, um, the process, um, just to make sure that the court order is followed. Uh, we gave them three names. They gave him uh, three names, and he ended up picking someone else who's not either one of the three names. Uh, we seem to be comfortable with this judge. I think he's out of Cobb County, and uh, we'll, we'll just go with him. We decided not to object. We had the right to object to it, uh, but um, we didn't feel that that was, that was necessary. There, do you think there's much of a risk? What if it's a, ba a bad guy? How much yeah, damage well, can we, we I think the bad guys were proposed from the other side. So, okay. <laughs> this so guy, you're fine. Yeah, this judge, I think, I think it's Judge Botterford, I believe, up, up, um, uh, in uh, Cobb. But I, he, all indications are he would be, uh, uh, you know, an impartial special master. So we, I think both sides were fine with the, the, the judges picking uh, neither wanted to object. So, okay. I think I think we're okay with that. Okay. Uh, okay. So, what's the when are you handing the plan in? We have to submit the plan um, uh, by March the twenty fourth, which is uh, Thursday. Oh, yeah. And by the way, um, Monica, we are going to be back in court on Tuesday in Gwinnett County. 
at 10 a.m. for a Gwinnett County ballot case, which is very, very similar to this case. Oh, yes. how many ballots are at stake there? Um, that's we're just we just requested a small amount of images to verify a judicial race a nonpartisan judicial race there. They seem very, very suspect. And um, this, so it's just um, we had actually asked for only 100 ballots, 100 <laughs> ballot images, and they wanted to fight about that. So we are in court there. Um, there we're, we're filing a motion for summary judgment. I don't know if it will be upheld. So. Um, that's where we will, um, you know, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, it's open for the public. I think we'll we'll have it uh, video recorded. Um, it's not, I know it's not going to be recorded live, but we'll have to record it and put it up. So, um, and if people want to go, do you want people to go? I'd love for them to go. Okay, yeah. so Tuesday, um, March twenty second, ten a.m. at Gwinnett. What? The Justice Center, the uh, the big justice complex out there in Gwinnett County. Do you know um, the room or anything? I don't. I don't. But it will. Uh, we'll have to post that. Um, I'll have to try to post that. Well, I'll post it on the events tab for, okay. for Voter GA. VoterGA.org events tab will have the details. But anybody who's in Gwinnett wants to go give you a little support Tuesday, March 22nd, 10 a.m. OK, Thank good. You. Thank you. And then. So Thursday is when you're submitting the proposal and then is it is the judge going to mull it over? Or do you expect to be able to start counting this weekend? Good question. Uh, he, so the the um, the Fulton County has a, a week to respond and object to anything that they didn't like. They will. <laughs> well, we've gotten the elections um division kind of out of this to some degree they don't have custody of the ballots and therefore we our argument was that they don't have standing so we've heard the standing if you don't have custody you don't have standing so hmm. they still have standing on the dominion ballot images and the election reports because that's in their custody but the ballots are no longer in their custody so so they were the objectionable party the the clerk of the court's attorneys pretty reasonable you know she's willing to go along uh you know she's got a few concerns but nothing she's much more cooperative and uh with us than than the elections uh division mm. so which uh you know they've got a lot to lose and the clerk of the court doesn't right. have much to lose right wow great so i yeah. guess there is hope for the process i always thought the only hope was the process but i was beginning to lose faith in that <laughs> you know so, yeah, not yet. Just keep the faith a little bit longer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay. You're going to stay with me until I lose faith. And then, absolutely. Oh, my gosh. You're, you're never going to lose faith. Okay. So, that would be so you kind of have to have an answer for sure before Easter. Because well, one week from the 24th is the 31st. Oh, but then if they object, it has to be ruled upon. Holy cannoli. Yeah, so uh, that yeah. no, that's right. They will oppose. Uh, you know, we'll find some reason to argue. One reason, yeah. And then the judge will actually rule on April thirteenth. Uh, April thirteenth. Yes, yes. That's when he'll actually make a ruling based on the their objections. And then, uh, if we are ready, if if he rules in our favor, which, uh, which we hope he will, then we will go forward on April the twenty sixth, as it stands right now. Okay. Boy. Yeah. And part of that has to do with the the, um, uh, the availability of the special master. And as I think some Mike has put on the chat. He's right. 
Okay. All right. Well, let's let's get to some of these things. Unless you have more, do you have more like uh, update for us, or should we dig into some questions? I think we're ready. Um, okay. I, I, I'm just looking. I'm looking at the questions. Kurt uh, Kurt has uh, asked, could the outcome of the Fulton County audit force other audits? Uh, yes. Uh, you know, we think that there are other counties who have similar problems, but that would require a different lawsuit or an amended lawsuit of some kind. So we're not quite ready to go there. Okay. Uh, A suggestion from Lydia, put tracking devices on trucks hauling ballots. Trucking company had cabs and trailers stolen in Costa Rica. Some companies are using tracking devices, but you're going to do it there where they are, right? You're going to go to the ballots. We're going to do it there. The court claims that they're still in the warehouse. We we think that they are correct. You know, we won't know till we till we see it. We we want to see we've asked to see that ahead of time um, because we want to uh, you know, be sure. Uh, but but yeah, well, you're right. We wouldn't have any reason to track the trucks or anything like that. Kurt wants to know if actual Dominion machines are having a cyber inspection. Uh, not yet. Uh, what this is is for the ballot inspection. Um, now, if the ballot inspection turns up that there is uh, not the correct number of ballots for the Dominion machines that were in the certified results, that could open another door for us. Uh, that might well happen. But this this time is just about the ballots and you know whether or not they are, in fact, legitimate. Right. Now, um, you'll have to refresh my memory on this issue. Kurt is asking, how are you dealing with the 400,000 ballots with no chain of custody? Are there 400,000 ballots with no chain of custody? Um, We don't know that for a fact. We think that there are some ballots that don't have a chain of custody. Uh, I don't know how anyone would know that they don't because we don't really have access to them. But 400,000... Is well, he talking about, were there 400,000 paper well, ballots? There's nearly 500,000 votes cast in Fulton County, 500, about 500,000. So um, I'm not sure. I did see that report, but I can't remember what county that was or whether it was more across the state or whatever. I think it was Fulton. Um, I don't know that that many, I don't, I don't know about that number. Okay, you know, but is he talking just about paper or is he talking about the like barcoded ones maybe having, you know, is he talking about stuff getting downloaded onto a hard drive or is he talking about actual boxes? I think what Chris talking about is the, the actual boxes were not properly sealed. Got it. Uh, we, we know for a fact yeah, that there I were that. Uh, maybe 10 bags, uh, eight to 10 bags that were uh, not properly sealed, therefore open. Uh, you know, if you figure, there's you know four or five thousand each bag. That's forty thousand votes right there that were that had a broken chain of custody. Right. We pretty much know that for a fact. Got it. Um, that's not quite what we're after though. But we will do a lot of chain of custody checks to make sure there was no tampering and that sort of thing. Going back. Um, yeah, uh, right. 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 Okay. Backwards. Going backwards. Right. Okay. So Kurt wants to know if you can scan paper ballots for kinematic artifacts, and I don't know what that is. What is kinematic? So, uh, so what? Here's what. Here's what we're going to do. Um, we are um, inspecting the ballots, and we will scan the ballots, 
and we're going to produce them all on images. Uh, they're going to be produced, uh, our request will be for 600 DPI images for all 147,000 mail-in ballots. At that point in time, once the inspection process is over, we will have them all consolidated from memory sticks onto hard drives, sealed uh, with the appropriate chain of custody. We will use the, the chain of custody firm will maintain a set and possibly make it available on, on the web, you know, depending upon what the judge will allow. And then once those are all scanned on the hard drive, then they can be uh, scanned using any, any expert technology uh, whatever technology that, that whatever expert wants to use. Okay. Lydia says the 147,000 ballots, how do you know they are the real ballots? That goes to the chain of custody question, right? Right, right. We have all sorts of techniques um, to detect the chain of custody. We have batch audit results. You know, we know the batch numbers. We know what's in the batch numbers. Um, and if it doesn't add up, we can catch that. Uh, so, um, you know, it's not 100% foolproof, but I think we've got a lot of pretty sharp people, uh, a lot of experienced full-impact people. And so if they try to pull the wool over our eyes, they will probably get caught, and then it will be a bad news for them for the judge. So um, I, I think we're okay on that. You know, it's, it, it, anything can happen, but I think we're okay. Why are there alarm bells going off in Georgia versus Arizona? <laughs> That's from Kurt. Well, actually, there are a lot of alarm bells going off in Arizona as well. So they're all coming from one individual. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, so here's what I know. The, the, uh, Arizona is proceeding kind of the same. They're proceeding in a very similar manner than what we're, we're proceeding in. We both want the same results. Uh, there is some disinformation running, you know, floating out there. Um, so that's the beauty of doing these shows, because now anybody can call in, anybody can uh, ask a question, and anybody can put me on the spot, and I'll do the best I can to answer. <laughs> because I really want everybody to know what's going on as best as I can tell them, as, and as, as much as I can say within the confines, the restrictions that I have from being you know, a lead plaintiff on the court case. Well, let me just tell you something. This is a friend of ours from a friend of the show who does a podcast out of Birmingham, England. So he is tuning in to find out what's happening in the U.S. with this crazy election thing. And I would love to give him a taste of uh well, I mean, I guess it's uncharted territory, so we can't just say, oh, this is how the U.S. system works, and don't worry, it's like the vaccine. If you're sick, it means it's working. You know? yeah, <laughs> it's sick, time. but it's not working. But it is it is working to the extent that Garland is actually out there fighting in court to visually inspect the ballots based on his constitutional right to for one vote, one person, basically. I mean, that is not strictly how the Constitution works. But in this case, it would be disenfranchising to him to have a bunch of false votes. So he gets to vote to to sue based on his constitutional rights to have a representative government be represented on the same equal basis as other people. And amazingly, even though they've been really, as I said earlier, kicking his can down the road for months, finally, it looks like he's going to be able to look at those ballots. And the what I if I had to 
take a guess as to how what the outcome might be. I I feel like we did ultimately over time get the truth, like with the Ron Paul story when he won the Iowa caucus and they didn't tell us the truth about it until June. But because people would not give up the fight, the truth was known. And now we have that reference point to say, hey, like it happens. You can't say like this is widespread voter fraud is not real. That really changed the outcome of the presidential election. I think Ron Paul, he was by all historical uh, rules of thumb and precedents, he would have been the front runner for the Republican nominee that year. And that was the year that you and I were both advocating for him. And that's how we met. But and here we are again. And even if it just even if the outcome doesn't change, at least we demonstrate that the process still is functioning validly. And I think that gives people hope for things like free speech and how big tech is, um, you know, deals with the government yet denies our First Amendment. Right. These things can all these battles can all be won in the courts. And that, I think, is the last our last hope for kicking that can right back. I mean, I'm an, an, I am I don't have a lot of faith in the long term American experiment, but I am going to kick the can of tyranny for as long as possible. So that's my outreach to the noble across the pond. <laughs> uh Oh, do you want do you do you want to do you have comments on Jovan's Twitter? I don't know even what he said. Yeah, go for it. Um, okay, so it says a question. Can you comment on Jovan's Twitter comments yesterday saying the funder of your suit bailed? So uh, there's not one funder of the suit, first of all. There's multiple funders, and I'm one of them, and I'm still in there. <laughs> so is my mom. She sent you $25. <laughs> and so is probably half the people on this call and thousands of others. So, so we're all still in the suit, um, and uh, there is the implication that we have sold out the state of Georgia. Um, it, it didn't happen. Um, there, uh, there are some uh, discussions going on uh, about uh, within amongst the plaintiffs uh, regarding how best to proceed, and they, uh, we, I don't think we have reached uh, a conclusion yet. Uh, I just, I just uh, talked with the individual that Kevin's talking about uh, before I came on the show, um, and uh, I think that uh, we, you know, we'll, we'll have to wait and see what happens, but. Here's our approach that we're going again is that we're going to go through this process and we're going to produce these 600 DPI images, um, all 147,000. And uh, that's that's what we have agreed to do, uh, including the uh, whoever supposedly bailed. Um, but there, there are some uh, differences under discussion. So it's, it's a little bit. I think it's a kind of uh, well. Let's just wait and see. We'll know. We'll have. I'll have an update for you next week. Okay. And uh, do you? So you know the 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 court is supposed to be have custody of the ballots right now. You haven't seen them. Do you know like what room they're allegedly in? What building they're in? Or is it really just they? You don't. You're not allowed to know. Um, no, we. Um, the court was forced to tell the the court. The court was actually forced to tell the court. <laughs> <laughs> where the ballots? That, okay. That's literally true. 
the, okay. clerk of the, the, the attorney for the clerk of the court <laughs> was forced to tell the substitute judge for the for the court okay. where the ballots are. So but, he knows. Do you yeah. know? So the ballots are right where we thought they, at least they said they are right where we thought they were all along. They all, are always stored in the window. Can you go look in the window and see uh, if they're in the room? We have. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. Like this is reality here. Come on. You're, you're cracking me up. I don't know if I can see my composure for your show. Uh, so uh, you know, we did request to see the the ballots. Uh, uh, we want to tour the facility and see uh, everything, where we're going to set up, where the how many boxes we have, and that sort of okay. thing. That is in for the judge. Judge says if they, you know, they don't agree to that, you know, we'll have a conference on it. So we think that that's what needs to be done. So we want to see everything ahead of time and, you know, get set up so um, uh, everything goes smooth. I, I don't really think that um, the uh, clerk has too much of an objection, but she's trying to do that by with a, a photograph. And we're saying now that we need a little bit no. more. Yeah, we don't. We don't. We don't you know, they have a nice size room there where we can do it, but we need to check everything out. Absolutely. Work. So, so we're gonna. We are hoping to tour the facility before we actually do the audit. Um, so, are you? You are going to address your three big issues, right? Paper stock folds and the the toner ink. So, I'm gonna. I know Noble hasn't heard uh, the the thing, but. There was an audit in Georgia where they were trying to validate the mail-in ballots. And some of the auditors who were examining the ballots uh, testified, put an affidavit, four different people put an affidavit with the court swearing that they saw three different um, signs that these ballots might be some of these ballots, thousands of them might be inauthentic. One is they weren't folded, which they would have to be if they were mailed in the appropriate envelope. They were on the wrong paper stock. And anybody who has ever gotten a counterfeit dollar knows paper stock is the most important thing. And the the circles that were filled out next to the name of the selected candidate appear not to be have not to have been filled out by pencil or pen. There's no like impression. It looked like they were perfect circles made with toner ink. So if they can they so the audit that people have referred to as validating Biden's win in Georgia actually turned up anomalies that bear further investigation. And the, it's Garland's been working for months to get the court to to let him and his team re-examine those ballots because there was no remedy in place for if anomalies were actually found in the audit. The audit was conducted but when flags were raised there was just no remedy for that so that these guys are forging new ground and you're going to examine at least those three things and some other stuff too we have trained you well <laughs> i've been paying attention i don't always keep yeah. up with the latest but eventually it does it does <laughs> dig in so yeah, yeah, so you're going to look at that. Okay, holding ballots for future elections. Oh, Lydia really wants to make sure that we address that in the future. And I can understand if they're holding around ballots that are already filled in, for example, that would not be cool. So do you expect questionable ballots in all the swing states or do you think Georgia is targeted in particular because of the runoff center race? Is anybody else really fighting besides the Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Arizona? Is anybody else still 
that you happen to know about Garland, maybe from when you were at Mike Lindell's place, that there are states that are still investigating it, even though they didn't get a lot of airtime? Uh, yes. So I, it's hard for me. I can't even keep up with what's going on yes. in Fulton County, not the, except much less around the Georgia. However, however, I mean, I'll give you a shot. Um, so there's, I think there's questionable ballots in Arizona. There's certainly questionable ballots in Pennsylvania. And there are questionable ballots in Michigan, although that's not the, the real issue in Michigan is the machines. Um, right. So um, that's, uh, you know, the swing states appear to operate uh, in different, and they had the same modus of, uh, of operandi in both in all three of these states. So, so uh, yeah, I do think that there are, um, not necessarily in every state. I don't think every state did this, but it does appear that in some of the swing states that there were operations to stuff the ballot box. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, how do you examine paper to see if it's authentic or inauthentic? Yeah, so that's a good question. So uh, we are, we're trying, we're looking at different um you know, the different things require might require different experts. You know, you really even even need an expert if you you can tell if it's folded or not. But there are certain kinds of paper that the ballots are printed on. There are two stocks we know. So uh, if you come up with three stocks, then we probably have a problem, um, or or four or five. So uh, it's just um, we we don't really know until we get there. We see it. How many okay? How many stocks do we have? Then, um, uh, but we, um, so fake paper, you w- would require um, a um, expert examination. Yeah. So what we, the only, but we can detect that there are different stocks and then we can figure out which ones are real and which ones are not because of the rest of the ballots are going to be on real stock. So then we can isolate if, if there was fake stock we could isolate that fake stock and uh, then uh, ask that to be examined. Uh, by so us. the original stock was it was just easily observed that there was something questionable about the stock. So all you have to do is if there are things that look clearly that there are three different stocks you're working with, then you can send a sample to an expert or have an expert come in and then it should be it should be provable. Probably, yeah. But the flag is probably is probably informal. Like you just say, "Oh, this looks different." Yes, yes. Okay. I, 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 um, that's it. I think that's exactly what we do. So Kurt says, as a editorial, which I appreciate. Imagine can't imagine Biden surviving four years if there are not enough electoral votes flipped in Georgia, Arizona, and another state. I don't. Again, like there's no mechanism for a Right. What were you saying? Like if somebody was elected under false pretenses, like what is there an example of that? Or is there a statute there? Is it actually has it been adjudicated before uh, or is that just a concept uh, that we have to flesh you know, out? That's a good question. I think that it has been adjudicated before and uh, but they're not certainly not for the president of the United States. Right. Or the president. Uh, but I, but there is a, you know, a federal legal challenge which can be made. Um, to uh, and right or wrong, you know, yeah. and and uh, but I think we're not there yet. Right, right. We could we're, get there. we could get there. I don't know. 
<laughs> Garland, it's all it's all on your shoulders, Garland. Kurt Kurt wants you to know you're, no, you no, have our full nothing faith. Nothing like pressure. Nothing like pressure. Yeah. But Noble yeah. is likening the situation to having a pre-printed signature on like your you know the letter that you got from your councilman and that pre-printed toner for sure. It'll be interesting. Oh, New Hampshire and Virginia. New yeah. Hampshire and Virginia are some of those states that are still fighting the fight. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, 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 to be honest with Kurt, I cannot keep up with him, but uh, but those two right now. But I do I appreciate his, the fact that he's going to trust me and put my full faith. In, in, <laughs> I mean, really, it's there's a lot of uh, disinformation out there. Um, um, and you know, some of it is, is by accident, others intentional. So, but I appreciate the fact that, you know, he, Trust me, and you know a lot of the folks, you know your folks, and you know other people trust me. So I try to be open and honest, and just you know tell you like it is, and so that uh, and I want I think it's important that we do these shows just to keep the information flowing. Yes, and keep people engaged, also. But what you were really getting some national attention, and then you kind of stood down on that. Lou Dobbs lost his job. I'm, I'm afraid that I might. Yeah. Hold you responsible for that, Garland. Right, he had me on. I mean, that's not even a joke. Like, I actually mm-hmm. think that that the people who were just not willing to lay down and stop covering the election stuff. So I don't, I don't know if people from if everybody realizes this, but for example, one of the like two or three big, big radio conglomerates sent a a memo to their hosts saying, if you are going to continue to cover the story that there may have been election irregularities, then you no need to show up for work anymore. This, we will not broadcast this. This is uh, the mainstream media absolutely censoring their own hosts about an issue that is still being fought out in the courts so if they're telling people they're going to lose their job over it and lou dobbs is just this is the problem with people who've been around like um uh what was the joan rivers people who aren't going to lay down and they're like i don't care you know i've been around for too long there's nothing to lose you can't intimidate me the people of real veterans i think are the biggest threat and i think he might have been one of those guys who just said i i don't care what you say i'm going to cover it and then they just cut him off at the knees but he but he was one of i think he made it kind of like why isn't ever why aren't you on tucker carlson have you been on tucker carlson yet no, see, that's kind of interesting. I've been on Sean Hannity a couple of times um, on the radio show, um, and they were actually going to have me on the TV show once, but they decided to go with Susie Voles, who, which I'm glad they did because Susie is a, a she's a incredibly experienced and uh, uh, witness. It was very, very, um, she's very good on, did a great job. So, um, but I have not been on Tucker show. It's interesting that you mentioned that they, you know, they were all about this issue and then suddenly stopped uh, talking about it. Uh, I was, um, it's kind of sad. Um, and yeah, I think that we ought to call out all these. When when you see a situation like that, the news media shuts down. Uh, you know, conversation about election I, I think they ought to be called out. You know, by the four letters of the call letters and say, here's what happened. Turn them off. You're being deceived. If they don't want to talk about election fraud, election integrity, they're being deceived. We have enough evidence that there was, in fact, some kind of election fraud. Now we don't know. Maybe it won't be proved out in court. Maybe we were. Maybe we're wrong. But the evidence exists, 
And that's not disputable. So, you know, when people are out, these networks are out saying that we can't talk about it, that's bizarre. Um, so, I, but I can tell you the four network, four people that are still covering it, four organizations are, are uh, America's Voice, OAN, uh, Epic Times, and Newsmax. Those four are still, are still covering this, uh, you know, reasonably fairly. Uh, I think they've done a really good job uh, giving us a fair shake. And they're getting out there. But once you get past those four, there isn't much else out there that is really willing to to talk about the truth and the impact of what the truth might be on America. The implications of this are very great also in that when you see if you go to YouTube and you try to watch something on RT Russia Today, it will. And this has happened to my channel. And when I talk to you, sometimes it happens. It'll show up a flag that tells people not to believe what's in the content. So it'll say RT is a state run or a news organization, Russia Today. But it doesn't say that about the BBC which is literally owned by the state, you know, and then you have things like NPR and stuff, which are financed by grants from the state. But I don't even care about that. I dig a little deeper and say, if you if you want to hand out flyers in front of Publix and uh, or wherever, some grocery stores and other things like that, there, there have been cases. That's why, like, you see people handing out flyers and the and the sometimes the supermarket itself will have a sign that says we do not support the people who solicit outside our doors but because they use the police or they use um the fire department or they use the courts to protect their property rights they are considered a public place and therefore are beholden in some degree to support the first amendment and I don't understand why that argument, I think it's the Section 230 exemption, which I was completely uh, in favor of not changing in any way. But now I understand a little better that it is a problem in this narrow way. And when they redo it, they're going to probably make it much worse. So that's why I'm not really a huge advocate for redoing it. But what they do is they take the... uh, they have become the public square for two reasons. One is the government has promoted and cultivated those te- the technologies. Also, they protect their patents and everything. So these are these are entities that could not exist the way they exist on the Internet, which was invented by DARPA and all that without cooperation with the government. They also cooperate with the government in the back door. They let them come in and look at their their uh their user data and all that kind of stuff. And at the same time, during this COVID thing, they've shut down the public right to assemble. So now we have a public square on platforms that are heavily supported by the government to the point where where upstarts can't really compete with them because they have such an advantage being ahead of the game. And then they don't respect the First Amendment. As a matter of fact, they go out of their way to suppress it. And to me, I mean, that might as well be Pravda or, you know, TASS from the USSR days, where it's very clear the propaganda has to be curated. And, And here we are. And we're so used to having a free press or thinking that we have it that people don't even stand up just saying, oh, Twitter's private is enough. But it's not. Uh, yes. Bizarre. Uh, Tess, the news agency uh, comes to mind right away. Uh, it, just imagine how corrupt this really is. I mean, you just sit back and think about it. Did you ever think that you would live in an America where these news channels will just decide that what the what the facts are, even though if it's a lie? And they will propagate lies to 
you know, hundreds of millions of Americans and you're assuming that they're going to believe it if they keep hearing the same lie long enough. It's unbelievable. I, mean, I, I never thought I would see this day because uh, we're in an all-out war right now uh, for, for the truth. The war is for the truth. And an example of what you're saying about just creating a narrative that is not supported by the evidence is the idea that a bunch of people, thousands of people who literally showed up under their right to assemble and petition government in order to support what promised to be at least a three day process to scrutinize the certification of the electoral votes according to an established agreed upon process that that crowd went in and overturned the entire system so that their last chance would be dashed to suggest that the people who were there to watch the electoral certification get scrutinized were the ones who interrupted the process it just defies logic and then you have to go to the same old um thing about you know it's like what they use about foreign governments they want to invade and can't think of a reason they say well that guy's just crazy he's going to blow off nukes even though it would kill us all because he's just crazy it's like well they they were just stupid and crazy and completely did the opposite of what they should have done and you know they showed up for an insurrection without without their arms, like, which is kind of weird too. But those stories are totally, I mean, a lot of those narratives are completely without evidence and they just feed into a lie. And, and these guys, and if you don't, I mean, it's really, it is a crisis. It is a, it is a real crisis. It's that first amendment was so important. That's why it's first. Yeah. Yeah. And it's intentional. You know, that's that they're doing it intentionally. This is not an accident. Yes, I agree. So uh, so are you do you feel like you can get some airtime again? Like, I mean, I know that that some some advisors thought it was better to keep a low profile. Do you still think that was the right thing to do? And can is that kind of gag lifted or? Yeah, I kept it for a couple of weeks, uh, uh, but we're pretty much back to normal. You know, I did a lot of interviews this week when we had the decision. Um, so uh, we're we're. Yeah, and I, 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 we did remarkably get a, a very fair article from the AJC. Uh, David Wickard, who knows me, I met him hey. at DeKalb County, uh, gave us a great uh, factual article. Um, so I was really, I was pleased about that. And I thanked him. You know, I always like to reach out to the news media who, who was willing to report the truth. Um, but yeah, it was very, very good. So that's. There may, be, there may be hope yet. <laughs> right, right. So Libertarian Clip says, Garland, you are awesome. Shouted you out on my podcast yesterday and explained the case. My communist co-host wasn't buying it, but that's okay. That's the dynamic of our show. I, for one, Garland, I, I think you and I uh, are both in agreement on this. It is, it's absolutely not about ideology or parties or any of that. It's 100% about, I mean, for me, I 
I even though I think the American experiment is flawed and I prefer the Articles of Confederation to the Constitution, um, but a free society would be even better than all of that. Mm -hmm. However, I'm willing to compromise and my compromise, just like our forefathers, my compromise is written in stone. It's a contract. It is the Constitution and the Bill of Rights and all that that implies, all the good law, not the bad law, but the good law that has fostered and defined find that over the years and that it is it is worth that fight regardless of which party is going to win because if you it was just like in the old like trump was like let's get rid of the filibuster and i mean it was pretty obvious that was going to backfire and and now the democrats are saying let's get rid of the filibuster you can't have it doesn't work that way right right yeah no it's it's about saving the country that's what, that's what it is now. You know, it might have been uh, a little bit more partisan in the beginning, but now it's like really about saving America. And if, if one party or one group can steal an election, a presidential election from the other, I mean, there's and then the media is trying to shut it down. There's no hope for this country. No. We're, we're, we'll be in a banana, a banana republic you know, after that. It- I'm so far from smoking the partisan Kool-Aid that I think that the people you're fighting for aren't even fighting as truthfully, as honestly and to their best as you have been. Like that's I got we're fighting. I think that you're fighting for somebody who isn't really even fighting for himself. Yeah. Uh, well, it's interesting to me. We have many, many frustrated people who feel the same way. I mean, the, we because it's a constitutional issue, being in the Constitution Party, we will stand for the Constitution. The Republicans don't really stand for the Constitution, uh, nor the Democrats, of course. So um, they won't stand up. That's why you see them sell out. Uh, and we have many, many uh, right now frustrated Republicans who know that we're trying to get to the bottom of it, the truth. And they've uh, you know, joined on and said, we want to find out what really happened. And we can't even trust our own party to do that. Republicans are famous for compromising when they have power. It's like nobody does that for you. Like why they could have gotten rid of Obamacare a couple of times already. I smell a rat with that. Oh, here's an excellent. This is the probably maybe the most truthful thing that's been said in this entire. <laughs> Doesn't Monica look especially cute? I put lipstick on. I thought I would celebrate <laughs> the little festive yeah. lipstick for Garland's success. Uh, about uh, inspection team members. Yeah, there you go. Okay, good to see the New York Times lose a case to Project Veritas. That is good news. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. So Libertarian Clip says, imagine telling people in 1998 that the future of communication through the Internet would be tapping into like three company servers to chat. So, yes. Well, that if you really knew what the story was back then, you would have realized that this was DARPA and wondering when they were going to pull it back. And I remember early in the WSB show I had, I just I remember it was I used to like to have epiphanies like, let me crack the code on this or that. And one of the things was um, I remember thinking, oh, my gosh, what if the Internet is a limited hangout? You know, what if they gave it to us so that we would give it all our information because we, you know, and then and then they would take away like what was good about it, like being able to figure out false flags and everything. I mean, how dumb was I? I mean, if you just look back at the history, now I have a book called Surveillance Valley, which is about the DARPA 
history of the internet. It's simply a defense department project. I mean, it's a limited hangout. We're getting somewhere with it, but man, they are just, they pull the rug out anytime it gets close. I'm still amazed at how the internet works. I mean, how you, how you can just literally sit there and I'm a computer guy, but how you can sit there and type uh, whatever it is, Peter Navarro report, and then have everything go over all over the internet. And then suddenly within Three seconds is back when everything about Peter Navarro's report pops up on your screen. Uh, it's just that, but that that blows my mind almost as much as a seven forty seven taken off and how that thing gets off the ground is still a, a mystery. Well, uh, I'll tell you the that's I've heard people say that's why they believe in the alien origin story, like that the tech that we have here just it's incomprehensible that we would be able to uh, do do this. And then there's an article in Quartz I talk about all the time. It was um, it's also kind of a whitewash, but whatever. It says that Google is was created by the NSA as a surveillance tool that would be paid for by the private sector, but so that it could get into your psyche by examining the searches. So with, you know, if the government spends at least a trillion dollars a year on defense, I mean, that's a lot of money to make this stuff work the way it does. But you are tired. You are tired, Garland. Oh, I think I've had a hard week. I really oh, you but, should uh, have some coffee in the awesome Propaganda Report coffee mug I sent you. I know. I, I meant to pull that out. And I forgot. <laughs> well, last week I had it right here and I forgot to hold it out. That's all right. But uh, you just need to put some coffee uh, in it. <laughs> I don't have commercials. I can't run down and get it. Sorry. Not- sorry, sorry, sorry. So I tried commercials, but no one will advertise on my show, even though we get many thousands of like they asked us to do these demographic surveys. We were just like fantastic. Tons. We got 30,000 downloads at, you know, a week or whatever. And they just, um, they just stopped asking after a while because they would ask their guys, oh, you want to advertise on this great show? And then I guess after the fifth guy went running and screaming. But um, Kurt, Kurt, I like keep me honest, Kurt. Trump issued a formal statement today underscoring the illegitimacy of the November election based on the rules of the U.S. Constitution. But I but I feel like the his lawyers haven't really fought to the best of their ability. Maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like it, they they just didn't. I don't know. Yeah, it, it, a lot of it has to do with the judges not having enough courage to to hear the cases. Unbelievable. <laughs> that would be really, really funny. We should send him like a picture of you with like a big target. It is. <laughs> and you're such a nice guy. But yes, Raffensberger might have your picture, Garland, on the wall to throw darts at. Oh, so yeah. Kurt says... I know Brad well. Uh, I, I, oh, yeah. Yeah, I know Brad well. We met with him before uh, he was ever even one of the Republican members. He said, Brad, good machines, really bad machines. And I tried to pick out a good machine for every, from every vendor and a bad machine from every, every vendor. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, yeah. We had, I was like, and here it is where you want to avoid this. Wow. We want to avoid this type of machine that encapsulates uh, that has votes in barcodes. You want to avoid these. What did he buy? He bought that. So, and he all the while saying, "Chill out, Gar. I got this." No, he never said that. Oh. <laughs> he, he knew I knew that, that he didn't have it. That's what we Josh McCoon would have had it, but, but he, Brad, he, Brad never, I never had it. 
He knew you weren't going to chill out. Uh, let's see what this is. So why do you think Raffensperger went after Pelosi and defended Iowa when he didn't even stand up for Georgia voters? Probably because he knew it wouldn't matter. But yeah, it's another study. They didn't have any jurisdiction. Yeah. Uh, so um, even if we found fraudulent ballots in Fulton, uh, the elections director will probably still have his job. Richard Barron. Yeah, they tried to get rid of him, but he but he hung on. Right. Uh, he's hanging on uh, by a thread, and uh, that's a good point. But uh, here's the thing. If we find these ballots, I think they're going to have to go. You know, they, they, we, you know, this is an interesting thing. Um, well, the question, first of all, is what capability or culpability did they have in, that, in what happened? Uh, you know, Ralph is overseas the State Farm Arena, uh, and he has an affidavit on a case. It's a pretty weak affidavit, but he's got one. Um, and, um, of course, Richard Barron's election director. So uh, if you find counterfeit ballots, that kind of changes the ballgame for, the, for, for them and not, you know, other people within Fulton. Now, if everything turns out good, then maybe uh, they're okay. But I, I think we've got to uh, – there has to be accountability uh, if, if there was a problem. Well, I wouldn't be surprised if Laura Ingram or Tucker Carlson did have you on. If that happens, I mean, it might rise to the level where they have to pay attention to it. But even then, some stuff does. It still gets brushed under the table. I remember those San Bernardino doctors who were talking about the nature of the immune system and how we weren't going around about the COVID stuff correctly. And they were um, abused by a lot of people in the press, but they were also on Fox. But still, I bet I bet their clinics closed down. You never hear about it again. But this won't be so simple because this is a, um, a matter of record. And people, a lot of voters have, uh, you know, they have that constitutional right they're worried about. And as Noble points out, so many people across the world question the legitimacy of this election. Right, right. And the, as well as the you mentioned, the doctors, America's frontline doctors. I, I actually got the chance to meet them all. They were all here in Atlanta. Oh, really? At, uh, I guess there were, it was a few months ago. And I uh, went to them because I was following them. Uh, what they, you know, because they are really exposing what many people believe is, is the truth uh, about the, uh, the vaccines and so on. Uh, I got a chance to meet Dr. Gold and really the whole, all 10 or 12 of them, Dr. Merritt. And, uh, one, of the, one of them was here in Atlanta as well. So, uh, they are great uh, patriot uh, doctors, um, and they are uh, facing the same thing that we are. This is what's so ironic about it, Mike. We, you know, you know, the news media is out telling the telling their staff that they can't talk about election fraud. Well, same thing's happening with these doctors. These doctors have served what uh, they probably had at least they've held at least a thousand patients, but Mike, the dozen of them. And they are, are not a, allowed to say anything on television you know, about things like hydroxychloroquine and what it's effectiveness and how they're using it to treat and how it's you know, available over the counter in uh, you know, countries throughout the world and how it's 60 years old and you know, had never killed anybody. Well, you know, they're not allowed to say that because, and I, you know, people believe that Big Pharma uh, has uh, really bought up the news media. So yes, so and that, so that's that's kind of a sad uh, discuss. It's a sad state of affairs that where we are, but uh, that's where we are.
I think that's interesting to point out about the big pharma. But first, I will say I do more and more think that hydroxychloroquine thing, like what the this illness, whatever it is, is really just about delivering oxygen. So uh, those treatments would, in my observation from people I know who've had it, the ventilator is not what you need. What you need is the oxygen capacity in the blood and and so i even wonder if it's really you could call it a respiratory illness i and i don't even think it's an infectious viral thing but that's just something else but the big pharma about um buying up the media tell me if this is what you mean or as you understand it that when you see the so many commercials on on commercial television are big pharma but they're telling you to ask your doctor about medical about prescriptions that you i, I never in my life did I ever go into a doctor and say I'm curious about this drug whose name I cannot pronounce you know you go in and you say oh, my neck hurts and he's like let me write you a script thank you like never ever ever so it can't really be for us and then I uh, I heard that that it's so that they give so much money to commercial television that they can then tell them or balk when the if the news were to report something against their interests and a really famous example of something along parallel lines was that uh, a a couple of reporters were reporting on the extremely high hormone level in milk and the guys uh the fox news affiliate or whatever the the corporation that was going to suffer from that called Roger Ailes, I think, and said and got Roger Ailes to go to a, a, a small station news affiliate and tell them to spike that story, which they did, even though it was true or they rewrote it to where it was no longer true. But that was the power of advertising do- dollars. Advertising dollars are not used for the commercials in some cases so much as to control the content on the station. And that's bad, too, because those are those are licenses or they used to be anyway, FCC licenses. So. The government protects you from competition and then you're captured. You know, it's it's really complicated. It's it's this fascism. And you and I don't get your money. So, you know, we, nobody can control do, our do you know how much over the years that it's actually cost me to do this? Uh, I imagine you haven't made any, any money. No. It's no. like when I, made, when I made my buck, all the money uh, uh, went back into marketing. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, that's it. I never do. And I keep. I keep wondering, like I asked my mom, I'm like, you know, maybe I should just like learn how to cook better and take better care of my family. And she says, if God wants you to do something else, he'll let you know. <laughs> so here I am. I, I like it, but. Her accent's great. accent great. Oh, yeah. You got to meet her someday, although she is 92. You might have to hurry. But Noble wants to know what, what, what will or can be done. So you're doing the best you can. You're going to look at those ballots. You are going to expose the truth. And and you're going to lay it at the feet of the media and the people. And they are going to have to do something or at least. I mean, what I think should be done, I think the, the most important thing is to translate whatever success you have into credibility for you. So people will listen to you when you say, these are the machines not to use. This is the kind of legislation we want passed. Oh, by the way, did, uh, how did it go? Did you already do that uh, meeting about the bills, the house and uh, Senate bills? Yeah. It's funny that you mentioned that. That I was just, that just occurred to me. So we went down uh, and, and testified. Um, 
Uh, and I just walked in. I didn't have any prepared remarks, and I just made a couple of comments. And I was getting ready to leave, and uh, which normally I have a very prepared statement. And I read it, and, and everybody just sits there and doesn't ask any questions. So I, I just made a couple of comments that we we just have got one a landmark victory the day before. Uh, and we are here. We don't want anybody else to go through what we have been through. That's why we need these transparency changes for the bills, which they still are not really giving us. And the president of the Senate uh, issued a personal and public apology to me while I was, you know, at the end of my testimony. And he asked me several questions. Um, so I was quite impressed. You know, I just, you know, that was that would humble me. Um, I'm usually on fire down there, but I just I was pretty humble after that. <laughs> but uh, but I, it seemed very sincere. So I, uh, that was uh, President Miller, Butch Miller. So, um, uh, so uh, however, they have taken one little baby step in terms of transparency. They are right now making public images available. So uh, that's in the latest omnibus bill, which is, uh, a combination of the original two, and then they they, they did the kind of the old, the old fake routine that they did back there when we were we were working on no knock searches and all that. So they they have these two omnibus bills, and they're going across the House passes one over the Senate, Senate passes one over the House. Then they take this other bill, which has little or nothing on it, and they put all that stuff into that bill. It's a House House trick, and then it doesn't have to go back over across the aisle to the Senate committee and get get blasted. I think they did that on the federal level with Obamacare. Uh, well, yeah, and they, they've, done it, they've done it on a state bill before here. We call it putting an elephant on an ant. And uh, that's what they, they did uh, here on another uh, judicial bill that Catherine Bernard was uh, caught him on. So we, um, uh, and, and what's interesting, they haven't even posted this newly created omnibus bill uh, on the website, even though it was done like a day or two ago, and they they don't have the latest version out there, so we can even look and see what's in it. Sometimes there's a tell with that stuff in that uh, they the head the headline the heading of the bill will like bear no resemblance whatsoever to the topic that's in the subject. You know, it'll be like on busing, you know, and then it'll be this whole thing about the election machines. Well, it's usually the opposite, you know, like Patriot Act. Oh, yes, that is also true. Yeah. Free USA Freedom Act. I mean, straight straight out of George Orwell. OK, Noble, talk to you tomorrow. He's leaving. Um, ballot images can be mixed. Oh, Yes, uh, Kurt's point is ballot images can be messed with and have been apparently messed with. They can be doctored, they can be bleached, they can uh, not have the, uh, you know, or they could be literally tampered. And that's harder to tamper with a ballot image than it is with a cast vote record. You just go in and flip the vote if you have the right software. Ballot images is a little bit more difficult, uh, but it certainly could be tampered with. Um, but it's, but it's, it's, it's not as likely. Uh, I wanted to uh, address William's point. He says, I have no idea where to find info about my homesteaders fight in Antrim County. I uh, 
it's probably too far away, but we're doing a thing, our little meetup. We're going to have some fun at Neighbors Feed and Seed in Smyrna on April 18th at two o'clock if you want to join us. And there are going to be a lot of homesteaders there. And I think that there is in unity some power. So I'm going to actually also do a kind of live stream thing like this with homesteaders, but it's going to be kind of national. So it won't be super helpful for your local fight. But these guys in Georgia, people come from far and wide to go to Neighbors because they have everything so maybe you'll you'll make some connections people can help it's just worth a thought yeah great so so in regards to antrim canada there is uh, some information where you can find it uh asog um as their uh report is out there where um you probably if you do if you if you don't google bing asog and uh and antrim you'll probably get that report i think I, you know what well, you should try to do that and see what comes up but uh, like, like you did last time with the Navarro report, that was amazing. It's AOSG, what is it? Uh, uh, ASOG and uh, uh, Antrim. If you just put those two words in, you should get the ASOG report. I would guess that you would get it on Bing. You probably won't get it on Google. Um, so uh, the, the key players up there are uh, Matt DiPerna, who has the lawsuit, uh, Pat, Patrick Kolbeck, and uh, Melissa Carone. Uh, they have got a lot of stuff going on. Uh, they've been kind of the election patriots uh, up in up in Michigan. So if you go, if you don't Google Bing them, and you'll try to get uh, probably get plenty of information about what's happening in Michigan. Uh, yeah, it did first come up. I'm looking at it right now after examining Michigan's Antrim County voting machines. ASOG concludes Dominion intentionally designed to create systemic fraud. And I, I just found that on Bing. You're right. It's so weird to me that Bing is good. Now do that on, on, on Google. And on Google. Okay. ASOG report discredited or something like that. Totally. Uh, watch that come up just like it did last time with the Navarro report, um, which is proves why you are going to be um, misinformed, uninformed, uh, and ignorant if you are actually using Google as your search engine. Ha <laughs> Okay. Audit in Michigan County refutes Dominion conspiracy. <laughs> uh, see, there we go. It proves that once again, once again, you cannot trust a Google search engine. So, yeah, um, that's. We, I mean, that was like the third one, but the, but the first one, you know, the first couple, like the one in being, the first one was just ASOG. It takes you to what it is, and then, but with Google, uh, yeah, that's the first one of substance. His audit in Michigan County refutes Dominion conspiracy. That's interesting. Yeah, imagine all the young people out there, like my daughter, who th- who probably uses Google and thinks that she's getting accurate information. Uh, I, I got to send her your your last one. I haven't sent her that yet. I I rem- yeah, that was a good one. I remember the the day the internet died. It was it was the Parkland shooting. It was February 14th, 2018. And I called it. I called it. I was like, oh, I was trying to investigate the story and I couldn't find any good information. But I was too stupid to realize that uh, they took down my WordPress site after that. Like I was absolutely correct. It, it died and I died, you know, my. And so I like lost so much work, seven years of work, really. Wow. But, you know, you got to stay stay ahead of it. Wow. 
Kurt says factcheck.org says ASOG claim is false. Oh, fact check. Uh, <laughs> Might as well be Snopes. <laughs> I can tell you a couple of stories about fact check. If we really? Have. Yeah, give oh, me yeah. a I did not tell you these stories. I don't. So, so. Uh, I guess I did. No, this, will, this might actually be two good stories for another show. So um, they fact checked a couple of our stories. Um, uh, Elite stories fact uh, checked. Um, let's see. Let me see if I can get all the facts right here. Uh, I'll tell you what. I'll go with the USA Today fact check. Um, that's the one that's more vivid. So they That one I know. They fact-checked that our, our Ware County vote flip, 37 votes flipping from Trump to Biden. Uh, according to the certified results of the Secretary of State, the published results of the hand count uh, from the county and written confirmation from the elections director that those two, the director said that those two results were correct. They claimed that our story was false. They never called me. Uh, they published my press release with my personal cell phone on it, but didn't call me to verify the results. <laughs> it was okay to publish it. I mean, I, I put my... Didn't post- they say that you could not be reached? Yeah, so what they did was they... Well, actually, no, they didn't even say that. They just... Yeah, well, they kind of did. They said... They put... They just said... They stuck something in our contact us box, which is something that they... We check, like, every 10 days or something and, you know, update and put our members back. So... Uh, they stuck in the, they stuck a note in there that said that we decided that your your story is false. And I said, yeah. and so I looked at it like ten days later and I said, well, that's not true. You know, and they made it they said it's false based on a comment from none other than Secretary State Raffensperger, which of course was not true. Uh, and then they based this whole premise that our stuff was true without ever calling me, without ever doing any investigative work. Um, and I, so, I, I said I would. Re, they offered me to rebut the story, and then I, they wouldn't print my rebuttal. Can you not sue them for defamation, or what's the story? I really could on this one, but I just haven't had time. I, I need to uh, turn one word on it. I think that the reason people believe in the free press. You know, that myth, because they think that everyone will always sue for defamation and that the people who would defame are deterred by that. But we know with the MAGA hat kids thing from Linwood to Robert Barnes, they got money, lots of money for those kids and rightfully so. But how often is it going to rise to that level? And did it deter the media from continuing those behaviors? No, it did not. I think Kat Duckness has the answer for this. She's <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they thought they were fax checkers. <laughs> we just got a fax from Brad Raffensperger calling Garland a clown. Let's print it. <laughs> we, we had another one, a uh, lead story, um, did one. Uh, they they fact checked something we did, and they, they what did they do? They said that I had, a, I had a pro-Trump organization. Voter GA was a pro-Trump organization, which is humorous since I didn't even vote for Trump. And then, uh, you know, I've been working for progressives for the last 15 years. You thought they were cheated by the Republican establishment, and they may well have been. Right. Uh, so that was a bunch of garbage. So they called me up. They wouldn't identify who they were. They claimed that they called me up. And they said, but I said, nobody's ever called me up and said that they were from lead stories. So what I think happened is they called me up, didn't identify themselves, and then asked me a couple of questions. So I told them that this was the 37-vote 
Uh, and I said, yeah, it's, it's gone. I mean, it's 37 votes did flip. Uh, and uh, they uh, said, well, what about this story about uh, Trump and the legal team getting the, uh, the, and doing a forensics on the system? I said, no, no, that's not true. That's, that's, that's just a myth. But the story itself is true. So the 37 vote flip. So they went back and they printed the fact that that, that was a myth about the forensic exam and, and Trump legal team being involved. But they didn't print, tell the people that, yeah, it was actually true that the vote did flip 30, from 37 votes. Uh, yeah. They were counted. So anyway, that's boy, do they have an agenda or what? Yeah. All right. Well, we shall wrap it up and keep our fingers crossed. You're going to. So this week, you also have stuff going on the 22nd in Gwinnett at the Gwinnett Justice Center, Tuesday, March 22nd, 10 a.m. It's on a, a judicial race, you said, but one with clear problems. Yes, it was a judicial. Yes, it was a very suspicious looking judicial race where our candidate won the primary by uh, a landslide and then lost the runoff by almost as big a landslide. So right. we, we said, well, let's that doesn't look right. Show us a few ballots to make sure. And they said, no, we don't want to do that. Wow. Not even if you said you only looked for 100 ballots. Yeah, let's wait till they're sealed. And then we will tell you that they're sorry, they're sealed because we've already certified. Well, my mother says that I always ask, like, what can you do? What can you do? So sometimes all you got to do is show up. So if anyone wants to help Garland, give him some support, just show up, show up. If you're in Gwinnett, Tuesday, March 22nd, 10 a.m., you can find the actual precise location of VoterGA.org slash events. It's not there yet, but it will be by then. And then another red letter date for you is March 24th, which is Thursday. The You are going to submit your proposal to the judge of how you would like to proceed in examining the ballots. And that is uh, that is a proposal that Fulton will have one week to respond to, right? And Nydia has corrected us. March the 24th is not a Thursday. It's a, Wednesday. It's a Wednesday. Thank you, Nydia, for pointing that out. So, so uh, it is a Wednesday, and then we will be on court on Tuesday the 23rd. When are you going to court in Gwinnett? Tuesday the 23rd at 10 a.m. Okay, so the problem is the Thursday. So yes. Tuesday, mm-hmm. March 23rd, 10 a.m. at the Gwinnett Justice Center. And then Thursday, you don't need anybody there on Thursday. Correct. We're just submitting the the brief on on Wednesday the 24th. Yeah, we're just submitting a brief. Okay. And, and by the way, so I got there, there's two. <laughs> I, I, I got, I'm, I'm reading the chat and there's some really funny things in there. Uh, Kat Douglas says, can you imagine what Colin has to go deal with all the time when, when you don't have time to sue someone for defamation of care? <laughs> <laughs> when that's on your C list? I know, that's on my C list. Trying to sue some defamation of care. Uh, oh, gosh. But doing this show, you know, that, that kind of solves my problem. I, I know well, we try to correct the record. It would have been a lot better when I used to have 40,000 people listening on a Saturday afternoon or however many it was. I don't know. They would never tell me. <laughs> but 
Anyway, thank you, Garland. Yeah, thank you. So, Carl's last question If the affidavits in hand are hypothetically, the ballot inspection goes against the affidavits, would you conclude that the election was legitimate? That's a great question. Yes, we would conclude that the election was legitimate if we could also ensure that the ballots were not tampered with, as she points out. But yeah. I had a question. Somebody asked That's me a question. The truth. Sorry, I interrupted you. Say it okay. again. Go ahead. Okay. Someone asked me a question. So you had four poll workers who thought that um, there were abnormalities. How many poll workers were there? Was it four out of 4,000 or four out of 400 or what? Well, we have four poll managers, auditors there looking at the ballots. Um, And uh, the majority of those folks there would not be interested in finding out whether or not the ballots were right. Okay. So they detected it and it looked like it would scale into the tens of thousands based on the amount that they saw. How many of your people saw nothing abnormal? <laughs> right. I mean, I'm just uh, asking, like, were there a hundred? Everyone saw something abnormal. Right. Okay. Would it would it rise to the to the, uh, yes. the, uh, the, the to counterfeit ballots, the level of counterfeit ballots? Uh, almost everyone you know, had a page of abnormal or un, un, inappropriate things that were going on. Right. That's uh, what I wanted to know. But, but the big one, you know, some some of the things were little and no big deal, but the you know, big ones were you know, pretty significant, like counterfeit ballots and the results. You know, that's, that's pretty significant. You know, we just we just focus on the big things. You know, you, gotta yeah. pick, you have to pick your battles, right? Yes, 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 yes. Okay, well, you've got your battle for this week, and hopefully we'll talk to you again next week. Saturday is better for me, if you don't mind. Okay, I will, we'll do the 3 o'clock thing again. <laughs> okay, thank you, everyone, for coming. We'll put this in the feed. Everybody will hear it, and we'll be back next week. <laughs>